According to Ian Rappaport, the Packers could still be in the veteran receiver market for a big name. Would that make sense? Plus, NFL Network's Stacey Dales joins us to talk about the Packers 2022 NFL Draft. You are locked on Packers. I feel like we can run the table. Do Your daily Green Bay Packers podcast. Rodgers gets out. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. You are locked on Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Peter Bukowski and I cover the Packers for The Leap, a newsletter I would love for you to subscribe to. You can follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked On Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet. And the show for fans who know what happened, they want to know why and how. Stacey Dales from NFL Network on the show today. She has been on a number of times. We get to officially dub her friend of the podcast now. Thanks, Stacey, for being with us. She was in Green Bay. She was embedded with the crew for the Packers draft, covering it for NFL Network. So she has some great insight to share on Everything related to the Packers. Plus, we look ahead to uh, Jordan Love a little bit. She is, of course, a a former uh, standout athlete herself. And so I I asked her to take off her her reporter hat for a second, put on her player hat, and and give me some insight about how she would handle this as a player. I think that is some interesting perspective that she can offer. Speaking of interesting perspective... First of all, thanks to everyone who makes Locked on Packers their first listen every day. Ian Rappaport said on Pat McAfee's show that the Packers could still add a receiver and he expects them to be very much involved in however the market shakes out for Jarvis Landry, Otto Beckham Jr., and Julio Jones. He went on to suggest that the Packers were the perfect landing spot for someone like Julio Jones, because he understands now he's not going to get $15 million a year. He's not even probably going to get $10 million a year, but he could go somewhere, play with a Hall of Fame quarterback, and play right away for a team ready to compete for a Super Bowl that is going to feature him heavily. If you're Julio, if you're OBJ, if you're Jarvis Landry, you want to win, but You have limited earnings potential as an NFL player. You want to get paid, respect, and you understand that not every situation is a good situation. And sometimes the best situation is not about the money. Sometimes the best situation is about fit. Sometimes the best situation is about role. Sometimes the best situation is about culture or city. Sometimes at the end of your career, especially, it is as simple as, hey, I'd like to live close to my family. Or, hey, I'd like to live somewhere warm, preferably. Hello? So there's two parts to this. Do I buy that the Packers are not done necessarily at the receiver position? I don't think we should come out of this offseason, sign Sammy Watkins, draft Christian Watson, draft Romeo Dubs, as much as I like that, and and Samori Toure. I don't want to forget him. Um, And I, I did forget to mention Sammy Watkins yesterday. Um, just because I think his his uh, impact on this team is is so nebulous because I, I don't know that he's a lock to make this team, first of all. And second of all, I don't know how much he's going to be able to play. That's part of the calculus here. 
And I also, I was thinking when we were talking yesterday more about geometry, not just next year, but but beyond that, which is why I brought up, hey, Alan Lazard, Christian Watson, Romeo Dubs, and Amari Rogers, pushing Randall Cobb to the side as well. That is a group of four that make a lot of sense together. And that's assuming you can get a deal done with Alan Lazard that also makes sense. More to the point here. If you're a, a player like Julio Jones, you're looking at this Green Bay situation and going, I can go compete for a Super Bowl there. I can get a lot of targets. I can play with a coach that I know and a system that I know with Matt LaFleur. Devondre Campbell talked about how important that was to him to come to Green Bay where he had a pre-existing relationship. It was important to the Packers, Sammy Watkins and Jason Brabel, the receivers coach. Um, they had a pre-existing relationship from his time in their, both of their times, obviously, in Buffalo. Could it be a similar situation with, with Julio and with Matt LaFleur? System is a fit. Quarterback is a fit. Situation is a fit. And then it's about money. And then it's also about what is the money relative to another situation? Does it provide the quarterback? Does it provide the winning situation? Does it provide the culture? And does it provide whatever else that you feel like you need? I, I think a move like this is only made, Will Fuller is another name that I think is worth mentioning, um, is only made if the idea is either Sammy Watkins is far from a lock to make the team. As it stands right now, I think he's something close to a lock. But if they added a bigger name, Rappaport said Jarvis Landry had a deal from the Browns that was a nice deal, a handsomely paid receiver deal. Maybe not what he wanted. It would have been, would have been a pay cut for him, but would have been a nice deal. It looks now like he's going to settle for something far less than $10 million a year. If you're going to take less, it has to be for the reasons that I mentioned. If you're the Packers, though, you know, Sammy Watkins is, is on the I'm just happy to be here deal. It's the veteran. It's not the minimum, but it is essentially the minimum. It is the minimum respectable number. And so if you're the Packers, you either need to think that Watkins is expendable or that this other guy is going to be a significant upgrade over someone like Sammy Watkins because what you have to balance now is the idea of winning in the moment, in, in winning in 2021, but also setting yourself up for long-term success in, in, excuse me, in 2022, long-term success for 2023 and beyond because Christian Watson and Romeo Dubs probably not going to be high-level players this season. They could be very useful, very helpful, very productive players, but probably not in that elite tier. The Justin Jeffersons, the Jamar Chases, those guys are rare. Mike Williams came in right away for the Chargers and impacted the game, but was not consistent. Devontae Smith, last year for the Eagles, really good player. Had a nice season, but is not immediately a bona fide number one. That team realized very quickly that they needed to run the ball a lot more to be good. Now, that had just as much to do with Jalen Hurts as it did with the receivers, but it wasn't like he came in and lit the world on fire. So you do need 
to get these guys some reps to get them to that place. We spoke yesterday about this idea of Aaron Rodgers having to change his game and these rookies getting this opportunity that not a lot of players have gotten precisely because there is no alpha. Devontae had to sit behind Randall Cobb and Jordy Nelson and wait his turn for targets. Jordy Nelson had to wait behind Greg Jennings and Donald Driver for his targets. And these guys now don't have anyone to wait behind. There is like Sammy Watkins is not going to be on the field at the expense of these other guys if it's even close. And so ideally, you'd like it to be close so those guys can be on the field. So what you have to balance is, okay, if you think Julio Jones can still play and be something close, you know, it's the 80 percent of Julio. For what, six, the six, eight, maybe 10 games that he plays, then he is a significant upgrade in all likelihood over Christian Watson, Romeo Dubs, Alan Lazard, Mario Rogers, Sammy Watkins, all those guys. And I think you you can justify doing that deal. Jarvis Landry? I don't know. Doesn't really do it for me. Undersized guy. Doesn't give you anything over the top. Not really a run after catch guy anymore. If what you got, want is a guy to get you six yards on third and five, that's Randall Cobb. That's Alan Lazard. That's Amari Rogers. That's Big Bob Tunyon. That's Aaron Jones split out. That's Scheme. That's Matt LaFleur. That's Aaron Rodgers. I don't think you I don't think you pay for that. I think if the Packers are going to add one of these guys, I made the case previously for Edel Beckham. It's got to be because they see it as a an, a move that could pay premium dividends. That could give you a ton of upside potentially. And you think about Julio Jones versus Devin Funches. Well, Devin Funches is not the player that Julio Jones is under ideal circumstances. You could bring in Julio Jones and just say, look, come in here. You know the offense. Give Aaron Rodgers another veteran to play with. And then in the seven games that you miss, Christian Watson, Romeo Dubs, those guys are going to step up. Same with Sammy Watkins. In the four to six games, seven games that you miss, Romeo Dubs and Christian Watson and Alan Lazard and Amari Rodgers and Randall Cobb and all those guys. I'm not worried about the do they keep seven conversation. I don't care. I don't care. You keep the number of receivers that you feel like you have to keep. So we know that that the two high picks are locks. Lazard and Cobb locks. Amari Rogers lock. Sammy Watkins, not a lock. If you bring in Julio Jones, you can definitely justify moving on from Sammy Watkins in favor of someone like Toure, who's going to play special teams. You could you could certainly make the case to keep seven. Uh, if you If you really, really wanted to. Finding that balance of competing now while also setting yourself up for 2023 when these receivers could be ready to compete. You hope you have Aaron Rodgers and then you can go win a title. That's a delicate balance to walk. But I think because of the players that we're talking about, Watkins, Julio, OBJ, who's not going to play until what? Earliest, earliest, like somewhere between Halloween and, and Thanksgiving, earliest. Will Fuller can't stay healthy. So you're not really taking away snaps from these young guys, but you're giving yourself the runway and the upside if they do play and when they play, that they can be meaningful, impactful players for your offense. That's why these guys make sense for Green Bay. Because it doesn't really affect their roster numbers to me. I don't worry about it. And they're inevitably going to be hurt enough that you're still going to get the reps that you want from these young guys, assuming they're ready to get them. And... What's more, Sammy Watkins and and Julio Jones, these guys, they're not at the point of their careers where they're expecting to play 85, 90% of snaps. 
It's just not who they are anymore. And so I think you can also rotate these other guys in while also saying, hey, Christian Watson, you know who would be great to learn from? The guy that you grew up idolizing, Julio Jones. Watch this guy run routes. Watch this guy prepare and practice. Watch this guy interact with Aaron Rodgers and learn. There's value in that too. So if this is me, this is not just a Madden thing. If this is me, I'm doing it. I'm doing it because I have the money. I have the resources. So let's figure it out and let's go try and win a title. Easy. To me, if, if and we don't know, we don't know if these guys want to come. We knew Odell Beckham wanted to come last year to some degree, whatever that was. We don't know if Julio Jones has interest. We don't know if Jarvis Landry has interest. So we're just going to have to see this all play out. And that doesn't even account for if Tyler Lockett could become available. What's the future of DK Metcalf? What's the future of Debo Samuel? All those conversations are in addition to the name that we've already mentioned. All right, we're going to get to Stacey Dales in just a second. Before we do, let's talk about our friends at Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. Summer's coming, which means it's time for you to have food on the go. Go to the beach. You go play golf. Go play tennis. You go for a walk. You go for a hike. You need food. You need fuel for your body. Built Bar is there for you. And they keep coming up with new flavors. I got a text today. I get the alerts. They've got a, a white chocolate birthday cake flavor that I've had before. It's back. It is out of this world. It's so good. Um, and even if you're like, oh, I don't know if I'm a white chocolate, you're a white chocolate person. 100% real chocolate. That's, that is the kicker here with all the macro stuff that you want, the high protein, the high fiber, the low net carbs, the low fat. It is a beautiful, beautiful thing. Go to built.com and use promo code LOCK15 to get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at built.com. Joining me now, she was there covering the Green Bay Packers draft for NFL Network. Our friend Stacy Dales joins us. And Stacy, this was a, a draft that I think there was not just Packer fans had a close watch on what was going to happen at 1265 for this draft. This was an around the league topic of conversation before we even had the, the draft. What was your, your impression of th this Packers um, uh, their approach to trying to add players in a pivotal off season. I would say typical, Peter, good to be with you. Uh, I would use the word typical because, it, you know, I, I don't think we should ever be surprised when they follow the rule of thumb, which is their draft board under Brian Gutekunst, the general manager, and go with what, you know, is specific to each year and understanding where they've had success in the past, right? Which is, I think the surprise this year was how much they bolstered and they, they did it both in free agency and with the draft, their, their defensive front, right? Their front yeah. seven looks a lot different. I think it, Joe Barry, the defensive coordinator is going to have a lot of room to play with that thing. I've always loved their secondary. I think they have one of the best secondaries in football. They didn't really have to add too much to it. Um, and they always add to their offensive line, right? But we all wondered where they were going with receiver and, Typical, right? They go for Christian Watson. They make a big jump to get him in the second round. But he is every bit, after getting to hear from him when, when he was drafted at 34th overall, every bit what a Packers player is. Great culture player. He's going to be outstanding in the locker room. And then he's got the physical tools and he has the work ethic. And so he has all these intangibles plus the physical prowess. And now you kind of see, okay, yeah, they drafted Jordy and they drafted Greg Jennings and Randall Cobb and Devontae Adams in the second round. They're all guys who will make their name. And we'll see if Christian does, 
but who, who made their name and they did it through their work ethic, the type of teammates they are and their overall talent. And it helps to have Aaron Rodgers as your quarterback. I have this debate with people all the time and he does make players better. He certainly does. And, and you can look at their track records of the, these same players in other places. And then all, like James Jones, your colleague at NFL Network, he goes to, to the Raiders, comes back, and all of a sudden it's like nothing ever happened. And he was better in Green Bay than he ever was with, with Derek Card. <laughs> so uh, you were on this early and you were on this show right after the Ohio State Pro Day. You were saying these Ohio State receivers are going to go early. You were all over that. And of course, they did the Saints trade up for Chris Olave, who was the name um, that you mentioned and that a lot of Packer fans were interested in how much of the way that the, the first round for the Packers played out, do you think was related to what happened above them with those wide receivers? Like, could this have been the year where we finally saw them take that first round receiver? It's a great question, Peter. I, I just think, and, and Gutekunst talked about this after the draft, right? He wanted to see that run of receivers and he did acknowledge the fact that he, yeah, he considered maybe moving up for a couple of them. But I really just think they do stay true to their draft board. I think Christian Watson was a player they though they would tell you they don't fall in love with players. It's not their strategy or their style or philosophy. But after hearing from him, probably fell in love with him a little bit. He's gonna <laughs> do whatever they want. I mean, he's six four, he's two hundred and ten or so pounds. He's got speed to blow the top off, but I think he'll be able to use some catch radius for Rogers. And Rodgers is magnificent at leading his receivers to success. And I think that it just doesn't get talked about enough. I mean, he puts his receivers in positions to be really successful. He doesn't throw them into traffic. He doesn't throw them into trouble. Um, and so you need guys that can learn quickly how to run that route tree. And Christian Watson will. Now, when you go back to the first round, I was surprised to a degree with at 22, Quay Walker, that was sort of off the radar for a lot of us. I thought at least one of those two first round picks, Peter, they're going with a receiver, right? Mm -hmm. They have to, but you know, then they take two defensive players out of Georgia. And uh, here's what I think. I think they fell in love with Georgia's defense that won a national championship last year. And as how could Packers, you not? Oh my gosh. As Packer, the Packers talk have talked about, I mean, that's as close to an NFL defense as you're getting. And that's why so many Georgia players went so quick. It is it is closer to an NFL defense in some ways than some actual NFL defenses with all of the talent on that team. The Packers now have three Bulldog defenders who all have a chance to start as soon as this season. And I think that's something that that mattered to them. Um, this this team is who they always are. You, you mentioned that, that, that we should not be surprised <laughs> by them doing the things that they always do. Um, what, what I, what I am interested in, in wondering is Aaron Rodgers, is he going to change how he approaches rookie receivers? Because this has been a topic of conversation. Now, is he going to throw to these guys? Well, when Devonte Adams was drafted, they had Jordy Nelson and Randall Cobb. When James Jones was drafted, there were other guys, Greg Jennings, there was always someone else to lead by example, how much do you think Aaron Rodgers is going to have to change the way that maybe he practices, the way that he coaches these guys up in practice mm -hmm. to get them up to speed because their window is right now? I think it's a really good question. I think he started changing a bit and I would never speak for Aaron Rodgers. I mean, he, yeah, that, that, that's just like uh taboo, a, right? Yeah, you it's don't a fool's Aaron. Don't do that. Yeah, you don't do that. But, <laughs> 
he has talked a couple of times in recent years about changing sort of his leadership style now that he's the older statesman or elder statesman, excuse me, and he's a little bit older and he continues to be, but he's still the best quarterback in football. So he has adapted, as he has told us, in terms of, I think early in his career probably was, hey, young guy, hey, young buck, let's figure this out and probably pretty tough on him. And now probably a little more forgiving. So I think Rogers, you're going to see uh, Rogers in these, you know, later 30 years in his 30s, um, be more forgiving. And I'll be very interested to see how, you know, what level of participation is there for him, because I know he's already been at the facility and I know he's already been working a little bit there. Uh, I, I think it'll be instrumental if he's there, because there's one thing he does. And I, I talked to a couple of Packers guys when I was there. Um, just off in the hallways and and kind of in the tunnel. And uh, he walks in the building and he changes the standard. And you know that, Peter. But when Aaron Rodgers is in the presence of his teammates, they are naturally forced, and Tom Brady has the same effect. They're naturally forced to elevate. And they don't even have to take the field because it's his name on the back of that that 12, you know, and the, and the number. So the Rodgers plus the 12 equals standard up. And here we go, which is, you know, he, he is you know, ma- magnificent and magic with the football. I, I just, I think he's just incredible as a fan of the game, watching him, but then understanding how he works and how he deals with his teammates behind closed doors. So I think you're going to see a shift again in his leadership, but I guess we'll have to wait and see what he tells us at training camp. And maybe the next great challenge for this, this last chapter of his career, there's, there was a great line I read once about a, a coach and it was that that he makes men stand a little taller next to him. And then I think that is that is exactly what you're describing with yeah. Aaron Rodgers is you stand a little taller, you stand a little prouder when you're in his presence mm-hmm. because you know he's he is gonna fight and and he gives you a great chance to win. So it changes, I I think the 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 standards here. Coming out of night one. I, I texted you Friday and I was just like, I guess they're just comfortable. They seem really comfortable with, with you and I playing receiver for them. Now, of course that changed. You mentioned Christian Watson and, and Romeo dubs. We now have Ian Rappaport saying that, that the Packers could still be interested in one of these high profile veterans, the Jarvis Landry's, the OBJ's, the, the Julio Joneses. They brought in Sammy Watkins. How, how necessary do you think it is? to add another piece for this team to go be a Super Bowl contender in what is now a diluted NFC? Mm -hmm. Uh, Well, if I'm not mistaken, they also had some roots there with Sammy Watkins. I believe Jason Vrabel, um, Mm -hmm. you know, pass game coordinator, et cetera, with these Packers. It was part of drafting him when he was in Buffalo. And uh, so when you have some root cause of, let's go grab somebody. So I'm kind of looking at this roster thinking, where else are there these like little seeds in the Packers coaching staff, right? In terms of some of those names you mentioned, for instance, um, you know, we of course know, you know, Matt LaFleur's relationship with the Atlanta Falcons. Like, mm-hmm. There are a lot of ties and we can speculate, but for right now, I always look at rosters cause I've got their roster in front of me. I always look at rosters because I was just on NFL now and doing the TV thing. And I keep the roster in front of me, the current roster. This is what you go with right now. If you're fans get enamored with this roster, anything else that comes, if an OBJ flies in there uh, (laughs) on a broomstick, uh, be okay now with, Oh, we just got a little bit better. Right. Because you've got a hall of fame quarterback. 
you've got a really, to me, what will be a stout offensive line. Cause I believe Bakhtiari and Elton Jenkins are going to be back healthy. Yeah. Um, and now to me, this defense, this defense changed for me. <laughs> And I'm, you know me, I'm an optimist. So when I look at Quay Walker and Devontae Wyatt in the first round, I'm like, hell yeah, that defense is going to be even better <laughs> with Devondre Campbell. And again, that secondary, Kenny Walk, Kenny uh, Clark, excuse me, maybe coming off his best season. I don't know. Uh, maybe, you know, you could, you could yeah. have Ian Lowry maybe off his best season and Kenny sure. Clark needs that help up there. Devontae Wyatt's going to bring it. So I think those three up front in the front of this defense and then all these linebackers and the secondary, and I'm a believer in this defense. I think this is right now on paper, again, looking at the roster, this is a top five defense in the NFL. I totally agree. And, and, and we, you go back to a year ago this time, one of the reasons that Joe Barry is coaching this defense and not Mike Pettin is because this organization looks at the defensive talent and goes, we should be better than we are defensively. You don't make the coaching change unless you believe you should be performing better. They bring back most of those guys. Devondre Campbell said something really interesting. I actually went back and listened to his interview yesterday that he gave after he signed the extension. And he said one of the reasons he came back or he, that he came to Green Bay, he knew Matt LaFleur as a rookie. And Matt LaFleur talked to him every day when, when Devondre Campbell was a rookie. And when Devondre Campbell came in, he said, this is what I want to do. Let me play the mic and, and just let me do that. And I promise you, I will be great. Guess what? He was great. Yeah. And I think of that when, when they draft Quay Walker, it just makes me go, okay. At first I went, huh? But then I thought maybe this is actually the organization to take someone who is almost a carbon copy physically of Devondre Campbell yeah, and make another Devondre Campbell. How much do you think? Um, and I know this is a, you know, a tough question to answer, but th their success Joe Barry, linebackers coach, Devondre Campbell, and now say, hey, let's take this other ball of clay and see if we can maximize him by just letting him do the things he's good at. What a novel concept for a coach. It's a novel concept because he's also going to learn from Devondre. And then you just say to Preston Smith and Rashawn Gary, go get the quarterback. Mm -hmm. So to me, Darius Smith was a big loss last year because, you know, this was a double digit sack performer who's now in Minnesota and Zadarius that they had to find solutions and then start using their D backs differently and some of their formations. And it's like, after the draft, I asked Gutekunz, you know, how do you envision this guy Quay Walker now in your offense? And he said, it's been a long time since we've had two inside backers where you can basically stay in the same package or use your package with those two supplementary guys beside each other and now you can start getting creative up front. So I think that's what you're going to see. And then just let those D-backs. I mean, they had so many takeaways last year, but imagine now how many more they'll have because now you have to think about Devontae Wyatt and his speed. He had a 4.7740, Peter, at the Combine. I was there, and I'm watching this guy on the field. I'm like, are you S-H-I? Yep. Mm -hmm. That one. <laughs> Like I was like, are you kidding me? Cause his speed was for his size. It was just so impressive. And that's the Packers have that now. And Joe Barry can now say, Hmm, where am I going to, am I going to rush him up the middle? I'm going to like bring him off the edge at some point. Um, and then you've got to deal with all this on the back end. So I always look at the Packers draft and I think because I'm a believer in their pro football scouting department and operations yeah. department. I just, they draft really, really high character individuals that a lot of them stick and they've got a hall of fame quarterback. So 
I just am always impressed when I come away from their drafts. I, I'm really impressed with this one. I, I'm going to ask you to, to sort of maybe not take off your reporter hat, but I, I want you to, to maybe <laughs> mostly wear your, your player, your player hat. Um, <laughs> because you know, we're talking, I'm talking to a hall of famer after all, if, if you were Jordan loves teammate, there was this report from Tom Silverstein that the team wants to see him take control when Aaron Rodgers is in the building to go out and, and just con- and own the reps that he gets. Even when Rodgers is there, they really liked what he did when Rodgers was away when he was, on his sabbatical last year, let's say. Um, but then when Rodgers came back, they felt he was a little deferential. They want to see him grab these opportunities. If you're a player in that locker room and you want to help support Jordan Love, what are you telling him about th- this opportunity he has this spring and summer? I got you today. That's what I'm telling him. Because right now, it's like me staring at this roster. You're the quarterback today. I just firmly believe in, and if I'm Jordan Love, I would. You know, I, I, I don't know him to the degree of uh, outside of football. And, um, I just think how, like you're asking me as take, I took the reporter hat off. It's gone. <laughs> um, you have to seize every day and not look past one day. And you think about Rogers, how he sat, what, three years before mm-hmm. he took over with Favre leaving, right? This is the third year for Jordan Love. You you don't know, you can never predict the future, especially in the NFL. We don't know what next year will hold for Aaron Rodgers as much as, you know, they've tried to adjust their contract with him to keep him here for a few more years. And LaFleur has talked about, like, we want Aaron Rodgers as our quarterback for as long as he wants to play the game. But nothing is set in stone after this year. So I, if I am Jordan Love in the position I am, because I do feel bad for him a little bit. I mean, he's yeah. brought into this thing. Rodgers has a couple of down years. I don't know if that's even possible, but he dealt with some injuries. So they they draft Jordan Love and, and he comes in and now enters year three and Aaron Rodgers has back-to-back MVP seasons. If Aaron's not there and I'm his teammate, I'm like, I got you. I'm not dropping anything today. If I'm those offensive linemen, I'm like, Nobody will touch you, even though they can't hit the quarterback. <laughs> so my mindset is, who's my quarterback? What do I need to give him, uh, including the running backs and the receivers? And, you know, <laughs> make sure he and the entire team is at their best. Because I also understand if I'm a receiver and Aaron is not there, <laughs> I'm still putting this practice tape out here. <laughs> right. So am I going to, I just don't think the Packers are an organization that has any type any concept of slack in it. And I don't see anybody, you know, slacking or slumping or loafing around Jordan love because Aaron Rodgers isn't there. And if I'm Jordan love every day, that's all I think about. Not even tomorrow. Part of that too, is on the coaching staff to say the standard is the standard, regardless of who is out here, the standard is the standard. And so yeah, to our point with Aaron Rodgers being, you know, that, that guy that makes you stand taller, it can't be a situation where it's like, Oh, the teacher's gone. <laughs> now we have, now we have a sub and it's let's, we, let's wheel in the the projector and watch the movie. No, it can't, it can't be that. Right. I mean, th- this, they, they have to understand. And I think, I think professional athletes do right. That this is mm-hmm. every, every rep is, is your livelihood. Every rep is your livelihood. And right now you're a backup quarterback. Kurt Bankert is on this roster. <laughs> right. Uh, you know, we go through, you know, there, there's now an extra game in our league and, you're not guaranteed the next week in this league. It is a violent game and injuries, unfortunately are a reality. 
and backup quarterbacks are a commodity. I mean, so you better right now seize the day, not tomorrow, the day if you're Jordan Love, because, and I just, I root for the players in this league. I don't, you know, as long as they're good people and he strikes me as a good, I just root for them. You know, if it's not with the Packers, you hope he goes somewhere where success just follows him. And, um, but yeah, it's, it's truly that old adage of seize the day. I love it. Stacy. thank you so much for your insight. Uh, and we will, we will talk to you soon. Thanks for having me. All right. I want to thank Stacy for joining the show. Always great to talk to her. That, that bit at the end, I loved it. She was my life coach there for a second. I thought that was great. I, I appreciate her insight. She is truly the best. Thanks for making Locked on Packers your first listen every day. Now go make your second listen, Locked on NFL. The schedule may be dark, but we're getting a schedule soon, coincidentally. But the NFL never stops, and neither does Locked on NFL. Get insights and opinions from hosts, including Ross Jackson, Chris Carter, Tony Wiggins, plus Locked on NFL hosts repping all 32 squads. There's no offseason for real fans. So make sure you're subscribed to Locked on NFL on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. All right, more this week. Jason Hershorn from The Leap a newsletter I would love for you to subscribe to, is on the show with his UDFA Prospectus. We're talking about some of these these fringe roster guys who could make an impact, where they could fit in. Not many roster spots up for grabs, but there's always a couple surprise cuts, so we're going to try and get into all of that, plus a Summer Friday interview, um, and uh, we're going we're gonna to keep having fun here as the offseason rolls along. I hope you've noticed that I've been trying to keep these episodes a little bit shorter. I, I fail a little bit on that today. But I wanted that Stacy conversation to go long, um, and so I'm trying to I'm trying to give you a chance to get out and enjoy the weather, which means I'm going to stop talking. Thank you so much. I will talk to you tomorrow. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter, Locked On Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked On Packers. And anytime you want to hit us up with the Locked On Packers fan hotline, you can do that nine two zero three four one three seven seven five. Stay Locked On Packers.